Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for coming back to hang out with me today. And I am recording this on my iPhone from Punta Cana. I meant to bring a microphone with me, and I completely forgot. But as usual, the show must go on. We'll do the best we can. I apologize in advance if the audio is less than stellar. What I want to talk about today is a follow-up on episode 413. So in episode 413, if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and check it out. In 413, I talk about the difference between working in your life and working on your life. It's something that came up at Ascend, and I felt like it deserved a little bit more attention than we were able to get into there, and it's a really important topic for all of us. But I got a lot of questions about that episode, and how we break from the routine and the rut of just checking tasks off a list and how do we create the time to be more strategic. So there is a book that has really influenced the way I think about this in terms of business, and I thought it would be a great follow-up for life in general. So primer is listen to episode 413, and if you've done that, we will dive right in because the reality is that to change your life, You do have to shift from being reactive and just managing tasks to being more strategic and creating change, actively getting involved in the process to move in the direction of your goals. And a lot of this came from one specific book called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. That is a book about business ownership and how and why most businesses fail and having much of the failure to do with personality imbalances. And I don't mean like, you know, diagnosable conditions, but when we focus more on ideation versus execution or more on execution than vision. I read this book, I don't know, maybe maybe a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit more than that. And I revisited it, and no pun intended there since the book is The E-Myth Revisited, but I listened to it again this past week and I thought, yes, this is not only so true of business, but also true of life in general. The parallels between health and fat loss and really any goal, but especially business development, growing a business are so huge. And when it comes to business, most people who go into business don't have a model of business that works but rather just a model of work itself. They don't understand the difference between what works and doing work, or what works in a way that drives the results that they want versus just hustling to create any result. 
It's different, guys. It's just like how we can focus on eating a little bit less and eating a little bit better and moving a little bit more and drinking more water and getting more sleep and checking off these tasks, these boxes, these to-dos, but not really having a sense of what actually works. Giving all of our attention and energy to simply doing work. And it is not a long-term successful strategy and it can be a very exhausting strategy. The book, Emith Revisited, talks about three different personality types in business and how we all have a little bit of them, but one or more tends to be dominant and one or more tends to be a little bit lacking and the imbalance itself is what causes us to not create the success that we want. I completely see all of these personality types in finances, in health, in fitness, in any goal whatsoever. The first thing I want to do is share with you how these three personality types show up in business. And again, this is a lot reflected from the book, The E-Myth Revisited. If you are a business owner or somebody that wants to create more success in your career or really in your life in general, I highly recommend this book. I will link to it in the show notes over on primalpotential.com. And random side note, if you are on the VIP email list where I email folks every Sunday, you saw the books I've read in 2017. I created a pretty extensive list of many, many books I should count, definitely probably close to, I don't know, 40 or 50 or more books that I have read in 2017. The E-Myth Revisited is one of them because I revisited that book in 2017, but the rest of the books I've read are also on that email. If you are not on that list, hop on it. You can just go to primalpotential.com, drop your name and email address in the homepage, and you'll be on the list. It's that simple. Anyway, these three personalities. The first one that Michael Gerber talks about in the book is the technician or the tactician. The person who executes tasks, gets things done, is all about what needs to be done. I am going to go do that thing. That is number one. The second is the manager making sure things happen. This is a combination of the strategic and the tactical. This is the director, the pragmatist, the planner, the organizer. And then the third one is the entrepreneur, the visionary, the dreamer, the one who sees the big picture. Let's take a look at what happens when we are mostly one and very little of the others. And we'll, instead of using business as the example here, we'll just use our own lives. So the technician, the tactician, the person that is all about the to-do list life, they often have the to-do lists that include things like shower, get coffee, pack lunch, because they love to check things off a list. And much of their productivity comes from how many tasks did I complete? They are the doer of things, and their sense of achievement or accomplishment is primarily tied to tasks, getting things done, regardless of whether or not those things are the right things, the best things, the most important things. They just feel good when they get a lot of things done, even if it is reorganizing the sock drawer. But they often lack vision. They don't have a clear direction, a clear goal for improving their life, reaching their goals. They're just in that black hole of tasks and obligations, and they feel very much run by all the things in their lives that need to get done. Now, the manager is a bit more strategic. They coordinate. 
They want to be efficient, right? They delegate. They're more likely to create success in their careers or their finances because they can put a plan in place and then execute that plan. But they might not be the one getting the stuff done. They can create the plan. And I think we often see this when we're like, all right, I'm going to do a Whole30 or I'm going to do a 21-day sugar detox or whatever it is that I am going to do. But then we sort of drop the ball on the execution and or it's not based on what we want most for our life. So we lack the vision, the dream, the sense of the big picture or where we are trying to go. They are not dreamers. They might feel productive and efficient, but not necessarily fulfilled. Or they might feel like they have this plan in place, but they keep dropping the ball on implementing it. Then there is the third one, the entrepreneur, the dreamer, the visionary. They have a great sense of where they want to go and what they want to do and what they can achieve but they really struggle with the implementation, whether that is putting the plan together or actually executing on the elements of the plan. We need the vision, but we also need the plan to get there. We need to execute. The author of the book, The E-Myth Revisited, he goes through the difference between how do we want the business to work versus what has to be done. When it comes to life, I think many of us live in the realm of what has to be done, what work needs to be done versus how do we want our life to work. Our days very much center around what work has to be done and very rarely do our days center around how do we want our lives to work and then creating a plan, a strategy, tasks from there. How do we want our life to work? What do we really want? How do we want our business to work? How do we want our budget to work? How do we want our relationships to work? And if our primary focus is what work has to be done, we're always going to feel overwhelmed. And though we're working hard, though we're staying busy, we are not creating the ultimate outcome that we need. If we're asking the question, what work has to be done, we're always going to be filled with answers because the dishwasher needs to be emptied and the doctor's appointments need to be scheduled and the car needs to be serviced. But there is a big difference between how do I want my life to be versus what do I need to do? I want my life to be full of energy. So then how do I need to make choices today? How do I need to eat today, move today, act today? so that I create the energy that I want versus draining myself of energy for yet another day. If I want my life to be happy, then what kind of choices do I need to make today that would make me the happiest? If I want to have deep, meaningful relationships, what do I need to do today to make that happen? If I want to have a business that works when I don't, what do I need to do to set that up for success? Success requires that we start with, start with a picture of the well-defined future that we want and then come back to the present and say, what do I need to do today to match the conditions of the future I want to create instead of just handling the present circumstances and hoping that someday you have time to make a change. One strategy works, one strategy doesn't. What many people get stuck doing is they're dealing with today while they're fearing the future instead of creating that vision for the future they want and then 
handling today, managing today, orchestrating today in a way that carries them towards that future. It is so easy to act like an employee in your life. You're not in control. You're not the boss. You're just doing what you're told, emptying the dishwasher, going to work, heading to that meeting, answering the phone, paying the bills. But you're not an employee in your life. You are the CEO of your life. You have to consider the future direction and then make it happen intentionally. Think about an employee who shows up to work, doesn't want to be there, doesn't care about the business, and just does what they are told. While we would not want those people to work for us in our business, and we probably resent those people when they are our coworkers and they don't really care about the outcome of the project, they're just there to collect a paycheck, we don't love that in others, but we often act that way in our own lives. We're just there responding to what needs to happen, just waiting for another day to go by. There is an alternative, and a lot of it comes from balancing, do I have the vision, the dream, the plan? Do I know how to create it? And then am I making time on a daily basis to execute projects, tasks, anything that will move me in that direction? The harder part is whether or not you have a model for doing what works instead of just doing work. When it comes to business, there's a lot of value in documentation. And way back when I did an episode about a bounce back strategy and I talked about how you, if you were a refrigerator repairman and every single time you got called out to a job, you started from scratch. You had no sort of check this first, then check that. You had no system, no process. Every single call you went on was as if you were there for the first time. You would not be efficient. You would not get better with time. You would not act more quickly over time so that you could make money because calls would take less time. You would be stressed and overwhelmed on every single job. That is why in business we have documentation. Documentation basically says to everybody, this is how we do this here so that everything isn't random, so that everything isn't subject to who's doing it, how tired are they, how focused are they, how motivated are they, how committed are they. If there was no documentation in business to say, this is how we do things here, there would be tremendous inconsistency in production, in results, in customer experience. And we see this play out in life all the time. We respond to temptation as if it is brand new. We respond to the waking up and going, "Uh, I don't really want to go to the gym today, as if there is no standard operating procedure because there isn't. Creating standards is a way of saying, this is how we do things here. Almost every day when I write my blogs, which I write Monday through Friday, almost every day I start out the workout segment going, I didn't want to go to the gym today, but I don't make decisions based on what I want to do. I make decisions based on what is best to do. That is part of my personal life documentation or standard operating procedure. I don't make a decision about whether or not I should work out based on whether or not I want to because I usually don't want to, but I always feel better when I do. Now, if I didn't have that standard every single day when I wake up and I don't feel like going to the gym because I have a million other things that I could or should be doing, 
then every day I'm making that decision as if it is the first time. And not only does that create inconsistency, it's also exhausting. It's no different from, should I have dessert tonight? If you have the standard that I don't have dessert at home, I only have dessert when I'm out or on a special occasion, and that's an arbitrary one that is used purely for the sake of example, that means you have much more consistency on the nights when you are home. You have much more consistency of your results because you have a standard operating procedure and the decision-making process gets easier. So many of my clients say, I'm tired of obsessing over food. A lot of that is because you haven't chosen a standard for yourself. A few weeks ago, I wrote a blog, or maybe it was a podcast. I think it was a podcast about how I set a new standard for myself, sort of randomly. It just popped into my head one day while I was driving home, and I said, I don't indulge alone. If I am going to have one of my favorite desserts or anything at all, If I'm going to have a drink, if I'm going to have ice cream, if I'm going to have a cupcake, I don't indulge alone. It's something I want to enjoy with somebody else versus doing it by myself and then feeling like I didn't really enjoy it, it wasn't really worth it, or I just want to keep going because, eh, who cares, what's the point, I already ate such and such, I might as well go to town. That is a standard I set for myself, and what that does, not only creating more consistency in my results, but it makes life so much more easy. It makes choices so much more easy because anytime I have, say, a craving for french fries or ice cream in the middle of the week, it is simplified by the standard, I don't indulge alone. Now, is a decision enough for a habit? No, of course not. It takes practice. And in anything new that we take on to practice, we're not going to nail it the first time, but set a standard and then practice it, not expecting perfection from yourself, but understanding the value of standards in business to create consistency so that choices are not at the whim of somebody's motivation. It says, this is how we do this here. For example, I only eat if I'm hungry. And if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. That might be a standard that you begin to practice for yourself. Or I don't indulge alone. Or I work out Monday through Friday, whether I have 20 minutes or five minutes, whether I feel like it or I don't, whether my wrist hurts or it doesn't. There are ways we can set standards for ourselves in the same way that we set standard operating procedures in business to ensure consistency, to make things go more quickly. Imagine if you responded to a customer inquiry differently every single time and there was no standard, there was no, this is our policy, this is our procedure. It would take a lot more time and resources to handle every single event that arises We simplify and we create consistency when we have standards. This is how we do things here. It reduces your dependence on energy, on mood, on fatigue, on opinion, on whatever. It just simplifies everything. When people say, how do I keep motivating myself? That might not be the right question. It might be, how can I adopt a system or a standard that makes things easier so I require less motivation? For example, every morning I wake up early and there are five or six things that are part of my business that I do every morning, seven days a week, no matter what. Now, other days, like right now I'm in Punta Cana, so my days are more flexible than if I am home in Massachusetts, but... I have a system, a business system that when I wake up, the first thing I do is X and then Y and then Z, and it happens that way seven days a week. 
That means I don't have to be motivated to work. It's just what I do. And the way that I reinforce that is repetition. A lot of people will say, I am struggling with whatever it is you're struggling with. And I will say, what does your repetition look like? What does your practice look like? How consistent have you been? Practice daily and you will see the struggle goes away when you get consistent with it. You don't have to continue to motivate yourself. You just have to put processes in place that make things easier so you don't rely as much on motivation. There's a story in the book that Emith revisited where the author goes to a barbershop and the first time he goes, he's greeted by an assistant who brings him a cup of coffee, keeps his coffee topped off the whole time he's there. The barber washes his hair first and then uses scissors exclusively, no, no clippers or whatever they're called. But then the second time he goes back, he's not offered coffee and his hair is cut dry and it's not washed and he uses primarily the clippers and not the scissors. And then the third time, it's an entirely different experience. And every time, of course, he gets different results. And every time too, it takes more from the barber because the barber doesn't have a routine, a process, a streamlined system, a way of approaching things that becomes routine. Most of us go through life like that. We respond to every temptation, every distraction, every emotion without a standard or a system. They use the example of McDonald's. McDonald's does not, the burger place, McDonald's does not train its employees how to make the perfect McDonald's hamburger. What they do is they train their employees to follow a system that produces consistent results. And that way the slacker employee is going to create the same burger as the super motivated employee because the steps are the same. And they don't have to use their own interpretation of what is a great hamburger every single time. McDonald's defined that, they put a system in place, the system creates efficiency and consistency and customers get consistent experiences. It talks about IBM, the computer company IBM, and an interview from decades ago with the owner, with the founder, where he said, IBM had to act like a great company before it ever came one, became one in order to become one. So they couldn't just do the work to become great and then be great. They had to act like a great company in order to someday become a great company. You have to act like a disciplined, consistent individual to be a disciplined and consistent individual. And it doesn't mean that you have to start with consistency first thing in the morning and carry it through all day long, soup to nuts. Pick one thing, whether that is I don't hit snooze, whether that is I read for 30 minutes first thing in the morning. Whether that is, I put my dishes in the dishwasher instead of leaving them in the sink or leaving them on the table. Pick one thing and practice it. I have practiced my morning business routine for years now and it feels effortless. It doesn't matter to me if I'm on vacation, if it's Christmas morning, if it's a random Tuesday, I have a system that makes things easier for me. It doesn't require motivation. It's just my standard operating procedure, but it doesn't come with a decision. It comes with practice. If you feel like you are struggling, what does your practice look like? What does your consistency look like? Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. We can do better by simplifying. 
And a huge part of simplifying is having a standard for yourself, right? Having a standard for yourself. And I will wrap up with another huge business threat that I also see as a major threat in our daily lives. And that business threat is known as management by abdication. Abdication being stepping aside, surrendering, turning over the reins, that mindset of, I don't care, I don't want to deal with it, you handle it. Management by abdication, turning away, letting go of the reins, no longer being in control. Checking out, management by abdication. I would argue that many of us do that in our own lives. We aren't running the show, we're just going with the flow. And we're flowing nowhere good, away from our goals, away from energy, away from self-control and progress. You cannot surrender. You cannot look away. Even if you're moving slow, be in the driver's seat because you are the CEO of your own life. I want you to think about those three different categories, the tactician or the technician, That's the person who executes tasks, gets things done, wants to know what needs to be done, I'll do it. The manager, who is the strategist and the pragmatist, this is the plan. But none of that matters, none of that is effective or efficient without the visionary, the dreamer saying, this is where we want to go. Where are you strongest and what can you do as a practice to invest in those other areas? If you're great at coming up with the plan, but you're not good at executing, what is one thing you can do every single day to execute? And then create consistency there, not for three or four days, but for three or four months. Create consistency there. If you are somebody that gets a lot of things done, but you're just randomly going through life and you don't have a vision, spend five minutes each morning asking yourself, what do I want for my life or for my business or for my relationships? Where do I want to go? What do I want it to look like? One of the questions I asked at Ascend was, if you could fast forward three years from now and everything turned out better than you thought it could, better than you hoped it would, what does that look like? Begin to create a vision. If you have the vision but you don't have a plan, ask yourself, what can you do over the next three months to move in that direction? What would it take? What are the things on a daily basis that it would take for you to do? Put the plan on paper. It matters. It really, really matters. And think about what is a system you can put in place, a standard you can adopt for yourself to create efficiency, to make things easier. What are the decisions that you wrestle with most often? And is there a standard you can set and then begin to practice to create change in your life? Like I mentioned to you guys, I am in Punta Cana as of this recording, which is why the audio is a little bit messed up, but thanks for being patient. And it's funny how certain concepts, when we are focusing on them, seem to show up repeatedly in our lives. And while I've been on vacation, I've been reading Entrepreneurial You by Dory Clark. And that book is really about monetizing your small business. But early in the book, she touches on something that we have been focused on today and as well in episode 413. She says a common trap for successful business owners, and I would say unsuccessful as well, maybe even more so, is that they don't have time to do anything other than service their existing clients. And the truth is, we don't create the time. And understanding that 
reminding ourselves that we have to move beyond tasks, move beyond doing, but also move beyond planning, move beyond dreaming, because we can't have success without some of all three. So with that, I'm going to get back to enjoying vacation in Punta Cana, but I have been getting a lot of emails lately. I think it's because we are approaching holiday time, but I've been getting a lot of emails lately about navigating social situations and holidays and travel, and I have been sharing a lot of my own strategy, most recently on episode 412, listen to that one, about my vacation strategy, but also over on my Instagram stories. If you're not following me on Instagram, it is at Elizabeth Benton. I've been sharing pictures and thoughts about vacation, but I wanted to close with a couple thoughts. So as I mentioned in episode 412, I'm working on reducing variability. So there are not these huge differences between the way I eat, say, on a weekend and the way I eat during the week or the way I eat on vacation versus the way I eat when I'm not on vacation. Sure, it's going to be a little different, but what I want is as minimal variability as possible. So it's a little different, but it's not a lot different. I talked about how I try to keep some things intentionally the same, like waking up early, my morning work routine, my workout routine. I normally work for a few hours before I work out, so I am doing that on vacation. Now, I'm sure that's different for somebody who doesn't own a business. Maybe you don't need to work for a few hours while you're on vacation. Maybe you think that is completely crazy, but Whether it's a holiday or it's vacation, you can get up and read or journal or work out or all of the above. So the first few mornings of this vacation, I have woken up early and I've done my work and hit the gym and then have a fat loss friendly breakfast. That can be a non-negotiable. For me, it's black coffee, something like bacon and eggs or veggies. If I'm not eating out, I have the artisanic coconut butter travel packets with me if I'm hungry. If I'm not... I don't eat. One of the coolest shifts that I've noticed on this vacation isn't like, is it lunchtime? It doesn't really matter what time it is. It's a matter of, are we hungry? It's not, oh, it's noon, we should go eat, but rather, it doesn't really matter what time it is. We'll eat when we feel like we are hungry. And in fact, just last, last night, yesterday afternoon, there was a big dessert buffet, and we got a plate of things to try, and I tried a bite of the things that looked good, but they weren't amazing. And at one point, my boyfriend said, here, finish the red velvet, it's your favorite. And I was like, it's just not worth it. It's not amazing. And I would rather save those indulgences for something that is really special and really worth it. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, they're not good. I'm not. I want the things that are absolutely amazing. And I'm not sad at all when something's less than amazing because that makes the decision a whole lot easier for me. I don't travel with a ton of food. I used to panic, like, what if I can't make great choices? Anywhere I go, I can have bacon and eggs for breakfast. I could get a salad. I could get a burger without the bun. It's not hard to make great choices if you are trying, but I do think it's easy to have a few staples on hand. For me these days, it looks like Epic Bars. Those are a meat-based protein bar. I do not like all of the varieties, but I do like the turkey almond cranberry one. So I've got some of those with me, as well as my favorite. I talk about it all the time. The Artisana Coconut Butter Travel Packets. Those are great. If I'm feeling a little bit hungry, but I don't feel like I need a whole meal, that might be something that I turn to. And again, with the meals, 
I don't want to feel like I'm sacrificing at all. I want to try something if it looks amazing, but if it's not amazing, I don't need to eat it just because it is there. For lunch yesterday, I had a big salad and some ceviche. It was delicious. For dinner the night before, I had blackened mahi-mahi. My boyfriend had chicken satay. I had some of that. So that's the way it is going down here on vacation. And it is a practice. It is constantly saying, what is going to make me feel my best? And then making those choices, finding that intersection of both pleasure and happiness. It's not one or the other. It's not you choose pleasure and you're miserable or you you de- you deny pleasure and you find that you're happy. It's about finding that intersection. Last thing, don't forget, if you want to give some of these things a try, whether it's those turkey almond cranberry epic bars or the artisana coconut butter packets, if you go through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential, you know the drill. You save an extra 25% on that first order and you get free shipping on that first order plus a free 30-day trial membership. So I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a great day. I'm going to hit the beach. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey Houston, Con's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit Con's today and find out what invincible feels like.